Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. And if you're new to our show, welcome. We're glad you've decided to give our podcast a chance. And in other news, happy Thanksgiving. In a couple days, it'll be Thanksgiving. Um, we have plans. We're going to my fam- my parents' home in Pennsylvania. Hopefully see some friends. Go to Philadelphia Electric City. Ele- Scrantonia. Yeah. Scranton. Electric City. Um, go to Philadelphia for the day. Maybe go to New York for another day. And kind of just, you know, relax and chill out. But um, this past weekend... You and I went to go see Ford versus Ferrari. We did. It was good. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, go check it out. It got rated super high on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what first caught my eye. Usually Rotten Tomatoes is relatively on par with how the good the movie's going to be, but it's with uh, Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey back when Ford built a uh, basically a race car to beat the Ferrari car in the... Uh, I forget the name of the race. It's somewhere overseas. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans something like that. It, right. But a uh, really, really good movie. Um, definitely recommend it. I'm not going to ruin it, but I will say that it was the first movie in a very, very long time that had me, that got like emotional reactions out of me. And not, not in a negative way, but almost like I was just cheering on so hard. Like there were people in the movie theater going like, come on, come on, you can do it. Come on. Like, for the characters <laughs> in the movie. And it was, it was just, it was getting me to say that too and like when things happen in the movie it's like the whole crowd in the movie theater like gasp or whatever it was it it could pull emotions out of you very easily and i thought the movie was very very well put together and christian bell got me i mean his acting he did good was beyond i mean i've been a fan of him since batman so or you've been a fan of him since psycho american american psycho Psycho, yeah i love that movie he was just so good i forgot he was christian bell in the movie you know like i just like completely just not fell in love with his character, but just like was just my heart was just out there for him. Um, it was a very, very good movie. I actually it, got so excited in this movie. At one point, I passed out for 20 minutes and then I woke back up. Yeah, but you were very tired. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I I took a lot of lessons from the movie. I walked away that night and was very introspective before I fell asleep. And it very accurately portrays, and I'm not giving away the movie by saying this, it very accurately portrays how our society is built around only rewarding people who want to be number one, who want to be on the cover of magazines, who are internationally or nationally recognized, who have the most um, awards or have the most, uh, you know, who come number one, who win first place. It doesn't reward or recognize or appreciate or glamorize the people who are just have the courage to do what they love to do every single day and don't look for any of that. And it kind of put me in check myself because although the movie takes place in a, in a much um, older time and they didn't have, you know, Instagram or podcasts and this and that, you know, I'm what I'm doing in my own life. The things that I'm doing really do hinge upon reviews and ratings and consumers and whatnot. So it made me think for a second, like, I think we always have to remind ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? And just remember that this is supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun anymore, you really have to dig deep and say, am I just, you know, am I not disciplined enough to keep on going with this? Am I hiding behind this? Am I doing what I'm doing just to show other people that I'm doing something? Or am I really evolving with this thing? And am I really in love with this, whatever it is, craft that you're working on? Because I think many times there are some of us who, 
kind of took the route of um, leaving the regular corporate worlds and trying to figuring out life in general. But I am lately seeing that people are kind of masking that pain or that confusion by clinging on to something that they're not passionate about anymore because they're just trying to show the world or show their spouse or show their family members and friends, or the, you know, the digital world that I'm doing something. But you can tell in their work product. You can tell that they're not consistent. And you can tell that something is off and they're just reaching and grabbing for something. And it made me, the movie made me look at myself in the mirror and just think like I can seem to get lost in the numbers sometimes. I do get lost with, you know this, with finances. I do get lost in the numbers of things, even if it's our companies or the things that you're doing or deals that are coming. Everything is numbers. I mean, life is a numbers game, right? I sometimes do tend to kind of get caught up in it. And I do always try to stay consistent and on top of things, like always, every single... I haven't missed a podcast since I've started this podcast with you. I haven't missed one week. And to me, that's a numbers game, right? I want 52 podcasts over the course of one year. I want to be able to say that. But at the end of the day, I, I can't be stuck to that if I lose my happiness along the way or if I lose why I want to do something. So this movie really shows you that we have to go back to the basics and really just do those things that inherently give us happiness and not let that success or what determines what's successful in, in our craft be escalated by what society says, you know? I'll give you an example. The richest person in the world is plastered all over Forbes and it's like, ooh, glamorized. And I think that's not healthy for the majority of us. Um, it's a goal, you can attain it, it's great, but not everybody, everybody I'm sure wants success in some form, but not everybody should or want, would want to be on Forbes or want their recognition. Maybe someone just wants to be wants a lot of money because they're unhealthy and they need to get meds. Or maybe or, somebody isn't even defining success by money at by all. By money, exactly. You're absolutely right. And so that movie really does a really good job of pointing that out. And it's it's a lesson that I hope to carry with me for a while because it's very easy in today's time in 2019 to get caught up into that. And many of us are kind of hard on ourselves and self-critical already to begin with, to be number one, to do this, to have the best of the best, the best lifestyle brand, you know, to be whatever. It's great to have goals, but don't lose yourself trying to win that game to appease people or to get recognition or to get rewards. That that happiness and that success is very short-lived. You, you're, you don't leave the earth fully content and happy, and you'll see that in the movie. Um, it's just it's an eye-opener for sure. Okay, enough about that movie. Clearly, I liked it. It was good. You really got very excited <laughs> I about did. It. I felt good. a lot from a that movie. movie. Um, so our topic for today is a suggestion from a Deep Thoughts, the Dixon's listener. Thank you to her. She does not want to be mentioned. It's okay. But she listens literally every week and texts me all the time. So I'm appreciative of that. But it was a good one. I do... I have Googled this and I and I feel like a lot of podcasters have talked about this. So I was a bit hesitant to make this an episode. But I do believe in catering to our audience. And I do believe that we can maybe say something in a slightly different manner and it could touch someone and change someone's life for the better, you know? So we're going to go with it. And it's going to be about holidays and negativity that comes with the holidays. And then the bonus addition to this episode tonight will be what Brian and I think about um, people who label themselves as realists. Many people in my life that I do, that, that I feel are negative, um, quote themselves to be realists. 
and we're going to uh, dive deep into that. Let's talk about why. Why is it that the most negativity is like sporadic energy seems to start to like bubble up around the holidays? I was I was actually just saying this to you a couple days ago when I was driving. Why is it that the energy starts becoming sporadic and mm-hmm. bubbles up? Probably because everybody's starting to get stressed because they have all these commitments they have to go do now. They're spending money they don't have just so they can buy people gifts that they don't need to be getting gifts for. And it just is a time of the year when everybody, I feel like, is trying to go above and beyond doing everything except focus on remaining centered with themselves. Yeah, I think it comes from, you're going to laugh at this. It's like the Hallmark holiday, right? Everything on our calendar, pretty much, these holidays, quote unquote, have been created, right? By somebody. Most holidays, yeah, they've been created. And I'm not going to go in, just to be politically polite, I'm not going to go into my feelings about Thanksgiving at all. I'm going to stay very calm and centered about it and about this holiday, so to speak, in America. Thanksgiving. But I hope everyone enjoys a nice tasty tofu tofu turducken. It's not even about the fact that it's a turkey in the middle of the table. It's about what you're trying to celebrate and what actually happened. Oh, you mean the slaughter of Native Americans? Stop. We're not getting that. Oh, okay. We're not going into that today. Um, It's very just, that's it. I gave a little hint. I'm not the biggest fan. But here's what I I start to think in November. A couple days ago, I was driving down Kings Highway in Vandevinder, and it was like, I mean, people were just going spread. I go on this road every single day and people are honking for no reason at each other. Not at me. It's like one guy honks, the other one honks and the other one honks. And I'm like, stop. Like, I just want peace and quiet. And I and I'm I'm standing there at the light and I'm just like, why? Like, what is the problem? Like, it's a red light. It's a green light for the other people. Like, quit it. And where's the ego coming from? And then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's literally Thanksgiving in a week or two weeks. And right now, people are under pressure to, you're right, decorate the house, spend money that they don't have, spend a lot at the groceries because they might be hosting Thanksgiving. And they're also under pressure from a work perspective to hit deadlines before the holiday. They're on that, or they feel forced when they're at work to be working when they have so many other obligations outside of work all of a sudden. Booking plane tickets, a lot of people are traveling to their family members. Worst, people don't want to travel to in-laws or other people's uh, houses or family members and don't want to deal with them, but they have to be polite and have to deal with it. So there's just things that people don't really want to do or can't do, and they're being forced to do because it's a holiday. And so we've all forgotten what a holiday is supposed to be about, though, you know? So I think that's where the energy starts to crop up from. So our fuses are extremely short for that reason. And... This is where I wish that I was one of those people that just traveled the world already or had like a, uh, a, you know, a second or third home in like France somewhere or on an island in the Galapagos and just like dipped out every single holiday and just didn't have to deal with it. Not so much that I have any problems in my life or on either side of our families. I'm great on that end, but more so like the rest of the world and their energy. It's like, it's like zapping energies like everywhere. But it doesn't just stop here. I feel like it continues on into like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas it gets really bad. How about the time you and I went to King of Prussia? When was this? It was the Wednesday. No, was it Black Friday or was it the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? 
It's like a couple years back. Yeah, I think it was like a day or two before the actual holiday. But for everybody who doesn't know, King of Prussia is this beautiful mall up in Philadelphia. And we were driving Let's not call it a mall. It is an experience. You're right. It is. (laughs) It's it's probably the most remarkable mall I've ever been in. It's incredible. I love it there. It's been ranked as like one of the top malls in the country, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. But we were driving there and it was right before Thanksgiving and... it literally at one point when we were trying to leave, um, you know, I'm not a fan of malls at all in the first place, but we were there and we're leaving to go to this restaurant that in hindsight, we should have just walked knowing how bad it was going to be. We should have just walked from the mall to the restaurant, which wasn't that far away, but we wanted to have our car with us. So we ended up getting the car and driving to the restaurant and this, it probably would have been a 10 to 12 minute walk to the restaurant. It took us like an hour and 15 minutes by car. No, wait, the restaurant, not 10 to 15, it would, it would have been a minute walk. Like you just walked out of the mall oh, would it? and okay. walked across the parking lot and there was the restaurant. Which is what we should have done. Yeah, But instead we wanted our car right why. next to us. It was also cold that day. Super but cold. That day I remember Brian had these shoes that <laughs> he was holding this box of shoes and we were walking through the second floor of the mall. Literally every step of the way to Lululemon, we were bumping into people. People were bumping into us. Yeah, Sorry. it was mayhem. It was bad. And then the traffic was even worse. It reminded me of that. Remember that old movie Jingle All the Way where everybody's fight, fighting. And it's like with Arnold Schwarzenegger and everyone's fighting in the mall to get that type of doll that they're all trying Wait, to buy. Wait, what was that doll called? It's like a Rocket Man doll or something. It wasn't Rocket Man, but it was some type of like action figure doll, I feel like. Keep talking. I got to Google this. But that's what it reminded me of. Everyone just like freaking out. Everyone's on edge because they're like, I got to get this present. And I got to get in and out of here and beat the masses. And... To me, it's just a bunch of people sleepwalking, a bunch of sleepers that are just sleepwalking through the mall. Eyes Turbo open. Man. Turbo Man. That's what it was. <laughs> Everyone's trying to get their ter- their 2019 Turbo Mans. Um, but that day, we did experience a lot of... Um, if I were to imagine what a zombie apocalypse would be like, it'd be like going to a mall right around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Black Friday. People yeah. wait in lines. People fight each other for things. They do. It's ridiculous. But anyway... Um, we've had our experiences with negativity during the ho- during around the holidays. I also think that sometimes this is more like in the home when families get together and friends get together. I sense that sometimes some people use it as a moment to like bring up things or like have conversations that maybe have been sweeped under the rug or that they've been carrying and holding on to because you live in a different state, you know, or you live somewhere else now. So now they have you and you're in their home and you're sitting there. And so they bring up these like snarky comments or whatnot. And it's just, it's just not appreciated whatsoever. But I think that's why all of this gets a little bit negative and heated for people. With Christmas, I think it's more monetary. Um, Not for everybody, not for all families, but most people, it's the balance between working and it's also the balance between spending. Like working, meetings, like sales goals, all these things, coming back home, spending time with family, the holiday parties, and like the got to show my face here, got to show my face there. Then, it, you know, with work parties, it's also family parties and friends parties. And it all kind of becomes too much. And it's just like out of control. And then people snap. You know, it's like our other episode, which was on the workplace, negative in the workplace. When when your environment is just overbearing and you're put in circumstances, situations that you don't really are not normally tested in, humans are emotional beings. And if they're not self-aware or don't practice self-awareness, they have a tendency to just snap and act very irrational. And 
everyone acts differently, right? Like your irrational behavior would be different than mine. So I think that's why it happens. What to do about it? I don't know. I keep my distance. I know something that we have implemented at my family to try to help with this. And we don't get each other gifts for the most part. You know, when it comes around Christmas, we don't have to worry about the stress of like, going to get somebody gifts and this and that. We made a decision years back that, you know, to the best of our ability, we don't really get each other Christmas gifts. Are you talking about the, we get the kids gifts I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about the adults. Oh, adults. Yeah. Instead of like, I feel like a lot of the stress comes from people because they're like, they feel that they have to go get other people gifts because they think that those people are going to get them, get them gifts. And maybe they are. And it's this deadly cycle of this stress that's created from the holiday. But if you create like a pact with the people that you have Christmas and nobody really needs gifts. Right. And so when you create a pact, let's just spend time together as opposed to trying to worry about what am I going to get for this person? Then I got to wrap it. Then I got to bring it. Like all the stuff that goes along with it is just added stress. That's Especially people traveling for holidays. Oh, yeah, now they're terrible. paying for plane tickets for them and their whole families. Now they're spending money on Christmas gifts. And it's not so much about like money, money, money. It's about like you could be doing other things with that money and people feel that, you know, like it, it it's, it's felt. Or adopt a family. Adopt and, a family yeah. as somebody. And nobody wants to come out and say that. And nobody wants to admit that. But it's the truth. But as far as what you just said, what we've agreed to, I I don't know when you agreed to that. I have no idea. But I do think it's a smart way. But I also think that with our families, it's almost like everybody has everything that they want to. Your family and my family. So we're like a lucky bunch. Great. But I also think you're right. It's like you feel obligated to show up with something to give something, even if it's a gift card or a gift certificate. And it's like, dude, it speaks more volumes to me when you don't do it it speaks more to me to show me like one your financial literacy in life and two it's appreciated don't get me wrong but hey i like actually somebody in your family approached me but we were already doing it um she's like we all already have everything what if we all adopted a family and i know with that comes that not everybody is on the bandwagon to do that unfortunately but like i thought that was an incredible idea i thought that was such a smart idea and i feel like that's where you're you're doing something good and you're not throwing money into some object that you don't even know if the person's going to like anyway. You know, you're just you're just doing it to do it. And that's never a. Uh... And it's funny because as Christmases have evolved for that very statement you just made about getting something from somebody, you don't even know if they're going to like it. It's kind of transitioned to saying, oh, I'm just going to get you a gift card for this company or a gift card for that company. When reality is like, I'm just giving you cash and then they're giving you cash in return. So you might as well just have not given cash in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but what to do about all of this, I feel. I do think that everything kind of tries to, to, I know, I just did like a hand wave at you. I do think it tones down around New Year's. I think New Year's gets fun. At least I don't feel the pressure. You just you just lost all the good stuff right there. No, I need to get it. Don't worry, I'm gonna put some water in and finish it. Sorry, up. he's drinking herbal tea that I made, and all the tea stuff is just at the bottom of the cup. And we're gonna take care of it though. <laughs> anyway, so I think it, it eases up around New Year's. Um, but what to do about this? I tend to keep things very. I tend to get a like I I get very distant in a healthy way, not in a mean way, but I. I, I usually keep those days to like, okay, one day, you know, and I don't show up obnoxiously early or on time. Like I give it like two, three hours max just so like I don't want to like, 
I don't want to stay somewhere where, you know, there's like tension or energy or like, you know, anything. When you put people together, it just it happens. I also, though, I have this in me because of my family and things in my family's house like holidays are extremely chill. Like, I mean, really chill. You know this. Mm -hmm. It's more like a vacation for us as opposed to pressure. It's more like me lay around and get fed delicious Indian food for several days. Yeah, it's just it's it's a very different vibe. And I like it because it holidays with my family. It really honestly forces me to pause and to stop and to chill. If I don't want to work out, I don't. If I don't want to go on my phone, I don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very intentional. And I and I credit that to my mom because she's an extremely calm individual to be around anyway. And I feel like during holidays, she's always been even more calm you know, and more just like hang out, watch TV. You don't have to do anything. Like there's no like fake phony games being played and like trying to force something. And it's just like relax. The first year that you spent Thanksgiving with my family, you ate and passed out on our couch for like five hours. It was great. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> there was no chit chatting after. There was no games after. There was just well, so, Brian. So, somebody sleeping. was chit chatting, but my I was dad sleeping. Was. But there was just Brian passed it on the couch. This is the very first year he came. He invited himself over. I like to make a good first impression. You know? <laughs> Let me eat and then I'll pass out in front of you all. Um, but it's very chill and it's like everyone just do whatever they want. You don't have to be forced to do anything. I didn't even have any tryptophan either from a no, turkey. No, you didn't. Because we don't eat meat. So but, you know, it was no tryptophan. It was just from overindulging in the delicious food. Yeah. That then sparked my insulin levels and I passed out on the couch. That's right. So I would say distance helps. I would say trying to be the person who helps keep the calm maybe. I've said this before in the past in some episodes. I know that we expect others to not be negative. We're expecting the world to not be sporadic. We're expecting our families and friends to not cause us stress. But what about you? Maybe you're inviting it into your life. Maybe you're the one causing it in somehow. Today, just this morning, I was tested on a few things throughout my day. And there were certain texts, there were certain messages, there were just certain things that cropped up out of nowhere of none of my doing. And I was very much forced to just go within. And I was at Plank later this evening working out. And during my workout, it was crossing my mind. And I was like, you know what? I need to just let things slide. I cannot snap back. I cannot clap back. I cannot text back. I cannot be that person because then I'm just perpetuating the negativity. So I just, I kept the peace today. I full on am so proud of myself. I literally kept the peace today. Although then I came home and I just like vented to Brian. <laughs> it's all right. I'm a good sounding board. You are. Um, but I actually had something today happen. You to did me too. too. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I talked to Nina because I don't ever get triggered by anything. And mm-hmm. this, I sent this sales email out to this guy. And it, what like, a douche. In, in the sales email, I noticed on LinkedIn that we were connected to the same person. So I was like, oh, hey, I noticed we're connected to the same person. She's awesome. I often go into her, this particular person is a, is a professor. Amongst some other things, I, I often go into her classroom to talk to her students about entrepreneurship and businesses and things like that. And uh, I basically dropped a note in this email when I was reaching out to this guy that I was trying to get a sales meeting with. And I was like, hey, I noticed we're in the same, uh, we're connected to the same person. Uh, you know, I've talked to her class several years in a row now about entrepreneurship and she, you know, she's really great. And then I kind of went into my request about wanting to schedule a call with them and, and the value I was trying to deliver. And he emails me back and he goes, 
He goes, I can't believe you reached out to me stretching the truth, claiming you know somebody just because we're connected to them on LinkedIn to try to get a meeting with me. Like and this thing on there. And then I, I like I, I took a step back and read it. And I told Dina I was laughing about it. And I was like, I almost just kind of want to like sh- send a picture to him about me with this person, like showing them that, yes, I do yeah, actually like he, have an in-depth relationship yeah. with this person. I was not trying to stretch the truth at all. Brian texts me and goes, does he like not realize that I've done speaking engagements for this woman, that I have been there with her like working on stuff on projects like are you kidding yeah. me like I know her and I literally have been with there's like pictures of me on the internet with yeah. her and then I go yeah Brian I was like but you know what I would do something like that like I would come at somebody that way just to just to prove somebody and to stop them from calling me a liar in the professional world and I go but you won't do it <laughs> and I reply you're absolutely right no 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 you did not you go like 10 minutes later he's like you know on second thought, after thinking about it, I'm not going to even entertain his energy. Yeah, I couldn't even dignify a response to this clown. But what's funny is, listen, um, it takes more to walk to walk. Well, no, it, it was my ego telling me, you know, you should. It's just, very hard. It was my ego telling me, Brian, just send him a quick note proving that you weren't trying to lie about being connected and having a relationship with this person. But then what I realized from him to actually come up with a response like he didn't come back to me. Um, it was basically one of those people you could tell that was like, would argue you in your face if he said two plus two equals nine or something, you know? And it's like, okay, great. I'm not even going to try to dignify a response or try to argue with that about that. So that's how that ended up working out. Here's here's my one thing with that though. Where is, and I know we got off topic here, but where is the threshold and how do you and I or anybody else listening know? Because I'm still figuring this out. I don't have an answer to this. How do you know in the professional space, or actually we had a scenario with a family member as well too, but it was connected professionally. How do you know when to actually step in and stand up for yourself in a polite manner and put the facts on the table? I think it really depends on this. It's a case-by-case circumstance, right? Like Professionally, in this per- if somebody is calling you a liar, you absolutely should stand up for yourself, in my opinion. Okay, that's your opinion. It's not mine. In a situation like this where somebody's trying to call me out and I'm sending them basically a cold email to try to land a sales meeting, what that tells me is, is a dignifier response for me to, to do this with a person that I've never even met before located in a completely different place? It really doesn't. He's gonna, he's gonna, If I don't even say anything, give him 24 hours, he's forgot about it altogether, right? If I try to come back at him, then it creates another level of awareness to him where he may be thinking I'm argumentative with him or I'm trying to call him out. And judging by the person I that he already displayed through his response. He's not the type of person I want to do business with anyway. That's what I was thinking in your scenario. Oh, head nod. I'm pretty sure I said that to you in a text earlier. You know what? Well, I took full credibility for Zip it on it. this podcast. Yeah, you did, but Count I'm the one who said that to you. It, it, it equals out. I just want credit where credit is due. Okay. There credit, goes my credit, ego. Credit due to There me, goes then. my ego. Hashtag egotistical. <laughs> um, I agree with you. It depends on case-by-case basis, but I still, I still struggle with that sometimes. I feel, and the reason I think that is when you think about it too, is people respond based off their level of awareness and their experiences, right? So there could have been something that even happened that day and that guy just was really pissed off about something and that email just triggered him in the wrong way, right? I don't know what was going on in this person's life. And I feel like if you try to engage yourself in situations where you know you probably shouldn't or you know there's a better way to go about it and by removing your ego from the equation, like you end up actually dodging a bullet. Like what if that guy, what if I didn't know that? And then all of a sudden we ended up trying to do business with him. And he's just a terrible client, right? Terrible. Like you just never yeah. know. So sometimes no, it's better agree, to pay I attention. I agree with the, the business aspect of it hundred percent. 
But then there are times when somebody calls you out and calls you a liar about something um, that could be a family member and it's simply not true. What do you do? Just fall back and play dead? Do you not speak up for yourself ever? I think that's totally different because that's somebody that's actually very close to you. Like when so you have to clear yourself. When do you like speak up and say something? I don't have an answer again. I'm just posing this for our audience, not necessarily you. You can keep asking questions. I'll just answer them. It's still an issue. Um, I still struggle with it. It's not doesn't even come from potentially your ego that's trying to tell you that too. No, I'm just trying to clarify it. Why would I want to leave something on the table that's incorrect? Okay. If it if it's something that I can show, if it's something that I can prove, I'm not saying like clap back at somebody and get into an art pissing contest with someone. No, I'm saying that if it's really something about genuine facts, like in your scenario, but yours, I understand you don't even want to do business with someone like that. It's like, come on, like use that opportunity to say, let's have an adult conversation. And hey, listen, this was my intention and this is what I did. And here's the proof of how what I did and how I did it. You know, I'm sorry that your perception is like skewed right now and you feel this way, but look, I'm, I'll prove it to you. And I think that's more mature and adultish. And I don't do it from ego. I do it from a place of trying to clarify the situation, but you can only do so much and say so much. It is what it is. I don't even know how we got on this rant. I don't know. Typical. But let's move forward. Yeah. Um, we're trying to figure out ways to stop the negativity around holiday. And I was saying, oh, you have to check yourself in the mirror. That's where we were at. And so you have to be the, the person who changes. And maybe maybe you go home in a couple of days for Thanksgiving and you be the person who walks in completely making up your mind and saying, I'm not going to argue with my siblings. I'm not going to argue with my mom or my dad. I'm not going to argue with anybody. And I'm going to let anybody say whatever they want to say. And I'm simply going to come here with a lot of positive energy and positive vibes and let everything else just slide off my back. I think that's a very great way to avoid holiday negativity. Um, I think that's a very good way to keep the peace, not just in your family, but also in, in your world, in your life, in your mind. And if something does happen, it's okay. You know, I, I don't think we need an ego with family members. I don't think we need an ego around the holidays. This is not work. This, you're not trying to prove anything here. And you can just simply go in your room after you hang out with everybody or do something else and just you know, a little bit of distance could be healthy sometimes. You spent time, you showed face, you did what you had to do, and now you move on. But you be the change. Like, you be the bringer of that energy. And trust me, people may not say anything to you, but they will 1,000% notice you and your behavior this year. And maybe you'll inspire them to change. And eventually, this is my mom says this to me all the time. She's like, this is with family and friends. She's like, you can't fight with somebody if they're not fighting with you. You, you, they cannot engage with you for too long if you're not engaging with them. Mm -hmm. So just take away that power. That's right. Like it takes two to tango, you know? So don't it be that. It definitely takes two. Don't be tango. number two, you know? That's just right. don't even play the game. Just yeah. step out of it. Agree. I think that's the best way. Let's talk about the one that I've been dying to talk about. What's that? Negative people who say that they're realists. Okay. Go. I feel like I see this a lot in the business community for oh, people people that are like you know i'm just being a realist about this scenario in reality whenever i hear somebody say that it really just makes me think that the person like based on the context of how i know the person that usually is saying this it really just makes me think that this person is a glass is half empty kind of a person because usually when they're saying like oh i'm just being a realist they're trying to 
delete the potential of what something could be by being realistic about a scenario. Like you can be realistic about a scenario and still have a very optimistic lens on how you evaluate something. But when it comes to the practical matter of, you know, putting pen to paper on certain things, you, you know, you, you just don't be negative about it. And I feel like nine times out of 10, when somebody's like, oh, I'm just being a realist or I'm a realist, it's nothing about what they're saying is necessarily realistic. They're taking a pessimistic tone to them calling themselves a realist. What about you? What do you think? I think you're right. It happens more in the business community. I will share a personal story with this though, before I jump into the business, I have somebody in my life, in my family who does this a lot. And growing up, I would question things of how they were being done and pose a different way of doing things. And this individual would say, well, I've always done it this way. And if you do, if you do it your way, X, Y, Z can happen, this and that. And I go, yeah. And I'm like pretty young, like, you know, in my early 20s. And I'm like, yeah, but you're saying that because you may have done something wrong in your approach. Doesn't mean that I'm going to get the same result. Doesn't mean that that's going to happen to me too. You know, you're coming from your own experience. And I think that's a big one with these people because they're experienced they're older than you. They've done it and seen it and been there, you know? So it's like, mm, no, so-and-so is doing this wrong because then this happens. That that judgment kicks in, you know? And they feel this like superiority towards you. But I know that sometimes it comes from a place of love, so don't get me wrong. But many times this individual would be like, and I'd be like, that's so negative because I was on my like positive poly kick and I was just reading The Secret and getting into all that. And he'd be like, not everything is roses, Nina. Not everything is perfect, Nina. Not everything is this. And I'm like, but it can be. In my little universe, it can be. And I will do whatever it takes. And I will. And even if it's not, the way you look at it could be. There's that famous quote, and the guy's name is escaping me. But it says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I know who said that. Who? Brian Dixon. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Here, brush Let me quote. Sometimes I like to quote myself. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't say that. Um, but no, um, you're right. in that same scenario, like people be like, oh, I'm a realist. It's not all rosy, this and that. If you just change their perception on a scenario, it can be shed in a much more positive way. But see, light. they don't get that, right? They don't understand that. And I was trying to relay that every time like listen it's it's not like the word the world doesn't end it's not the worst case scenario mistakes don't kill you it's not that big of a deal i really don't want to do it your way you know like i understand you have experience and this and that's when you be like you always think everything's positive and this and that when you get older and have to pay bills and be responsible for a family and blah 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 he's like i'm i'm like you're so like it's just pessimism. Like you're, you're not fun to be around. And he goes, yeah, that's because I'm a realist. And so that word was thrown around all the time. And now I look back and I think, thank God I, I paved my own path here. And like, I'm so happy that I really, that, that word probably never comes out of my mouth. This is a moment though, where maybe I can admit that I am a bit of a realist in, in a sense. Numbers. Um, when it, by numbers, I mean accounting, like like finances. I, I do think that when something is not working, um, I'm not going to just sit there and like meditate and wish on it and, and like, oh, this number is going to go up and stuff. And, and someone could be not worried about it or ignore it completely. And I, th I think there's a big difference between like what you're saying, which is being a realist around data 
that's hard data versus yeah, you're right. being a realist about your general perception Correct. on opportunities yeah. in life. So you're right. I am a realist when it comes to data. And I do like to look at that and say, okay, am I am I where I am? Like, is, did this all work out the way that I wanted to? And so in those moments, I tend to get a little bit snippy sometimes. I've noticed the people around me because I'm like, well, um, hello, like the numbers are not lying to me, sweetheart, right now, okay? So with that, I do. But it doesn't really come from, it doesn't come from a place of negativity. It comes from a place of I'm trying to solve this now or I'm trying to pivot and figure out what will work and push that number. It's not to be negative at all. And in the business place, I also have an example. Um, A lot of the times, even in the legal space and in the corporate space, it's interesting how Lawyers will manipulate and twist things even when there's another lawyer standing in front of them. And like, you know, you can like catch on to it. Like you want to say things to the a regular person. By that, I mean someone who's not a lawyer, right? You can kind of easily make a fool out of that person because you're talking in language and words that just go over everyone's heads. You didn't go to school for it. But when you're talking to the lawyer, lawyer and then you're like, you know what? Like this is what's going to happen to client, blah, blah, blah. And you know, you know what? I'm not positive. I'm a realist. I know what that judge is going to do. Blah. And ev- I mean, I heard that a gazillion times. And almost always it was from somebody that I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, almost always. And it was just, it would just like rub me the wrong way. And I would just be like, every case, every scenario, every situation is so different in the legal space. You can't make a blanket statement like that. That's such a cop out if you're an attorney to make that, you know, like I'm going to get him a plea deal because I just know how this goes and blah. It's like, stop, do your job. So I've seen that there, not a fan. And I have seen this in the corporate space too, where especially with sales teams and the people who oversee those sales teams and like the, and I, and you know what, now that I'm talking about it, it might be because the data if you're a sales rep and your numbers are not being met, then, you know, you got to go. It's just, it's that simple, but that's hard data. So a lot of times one of the managers, I know you'd be like, he's like, I'm, I'm a realist and this person's not going to hit this goal in two weeks. Like I know they're not, it's not, it's not possible with the numbers. So I, I don't, I don't want to say that everybody's negative when they say the, the word realist, but I do think that people who are negative use the word realist a lot. This is true. I agree. Does that make sense? Yeah. I see it a lot. I also see like scenarios where people may have done, you know, business with a certain industry vertical or something in the past and then they get a new opportunity and they've been so programmed by what their experience has been in that, Mm -hmm. in that industry vertical in the past. You're like, this deal will never go through. It'll never happen. I'm a realist. I've done this before. Never happened. Yep. And maybe that's the one deal that ends up going through. But because of that mindset, they give up on it, right? And so you think about things like, what if Thomas Edison had that same mindset for the first 9,000 times he tried to create a light bulb, right? Um, you know, then we wouldn't have had incandescent light, potentially. So mm-hmm. it's it's just that mindset where it's like, oh, I'm being realistic about this. It hasn't happened yet. It's never going to happen, right? Well, that's just the wrong mindset altogether. You know what else I've seen is people who are in a certain industry for like 10 plus 20 years and then they go into a different industry and they try to apply the same principles that worked in their, I'll, I'll use the food industry, for example. And now this person is in real estate and 
that person wants to use the last 20 years of the the principles and stuff that they, the tech, uh, techniques that they used in managing their teams and growing the businesses, the same stuff on the real estate business. And it's like, dude, get off your horse. Like this is not the food industry. You know, it's completely different. And I have seen that scenario happen many times. And this person continuously revert back to their old ways not understanding that not only is this a different industry, but times change. How you manage people changes. Laws change. Um, scenarios change. Your environment, the work culture. You know, you can't get away with saying the same things that you said 20 years ago to somebody in a fast food restaurant. You know, things things change. It, it evolves. And it's your job to evolve with it. You, I just pointed at you again. You almost poked my eye out right there. <laughs> Point a little harder. But you're right. And when you say something to them, they're like, I'm a realist. I have experience in this and I know what I'm doing. It's like, come on. You got to be more malleable than that in life. I, I believe in vigor and I believe in resiliency and I believe in like strength and like just stick to what you got to do. But I believe your approach has to be more gentle with everything. I agree. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't have a quote today, but maybe you do on positivity. Here's my quote for the day. If you ever hear someone say, I'm a realist, bounce the F up out of there as quick as you can and don't. Cut the cord right now, leave. That's right. Not the person that's going to help you reach your highest and best. Um, And don't try to, don't, don't. here's Here's my holiday quote. Make it very clear to your significant others and family members. I ain't buying gifts for you no more. <laughs> <laughs> and it will help you relieve your stress. Yeah, we um, hope you guys... Focus, focus on... Here's a good quote for Christmas. Okay. Focus it's on... Christmas, it's Thanksgiving. Whatever, it's holidays coming. This can apply to both. Focus on presence over presence. And what I mean by that is focus on presence in terms of your presence with your family, like you being there emotionally supportive, not on presence as in, you know, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S gifts. Yeah. I think they got it. Well, I just want to spell it out. Sometimes you got to spell it out for people that don't get it. Guys, we hope you have a really good Thanksgiving with your family members. If you're traveling, we hope you guys have safe travels this week. Um, like Brian said, try to be present in the moment. Enjoy the moment. Take some time to indulge a little bit. Oh, we forgot to list a book. Rudolph. That's the book for the week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We hope you guys enjoy it. It's a classic. Guys, and thank you so much. And if you like our podcast, please do not forget to leave a rating and a review for us on iTunes. We truly, truly appreciate it. And for the holidays, because it is a season of giving gifts. That's right. <laughs> um, if you Give guys, us some getting no, I'm joking. If you guys screenshot your rating and reviews for our podcast on iTunes and send them to me at Nina Pal Dixon on Instagram or Brian's Instagram at BrianDixon06 or email them us. Our emails are on our Instagrams as well. We will send you guys a free gift. That's right. Thank you Get so excited. Much. Mm-hmm. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Did you know you can connect with your hosts, Nina and Brian, on Instagram at Nina Pal Dixon and Brian Dixon 06? Be sure to reach out to them and share your thoughts and suggestions. They love to hear from you all. <laughs>